Welcome to Gateway Church's Sermon of the Week, where our goal is to equip the believer to do the work of the ministry. We hope that you enjoy this week's sermon by the senior leader here at Gateway Church, Pastor Chris Monahan. Okay, guys, let's go ahead and find our seats. Hey, if you have a chance to look into your bulletin, you guys, um, you got, can you see your bulletin real quick, John? Come on, end those conversations. I'll, I'll, I'll even let you talk at the end, I promise. Maybe, if you're good. If you say amen a lot during the sermon and go preacher. We got any loud people this morning? I was, you know, I was raised in a black gospel church. It was always loud, okay? So, amen. Come on, let me hear you say it. Come on. All right. So what we have here is called a connection card. And um, if you are interested, we do have our Discover Partnership uh, class coming up. And that's coming up in November. There's going to be two dates in November. We're going to have it in two dates in December. And um, we want to get you guys familiar with what it means to be a partner here at Gateway. Let you on the inside so you know what we're up to, some of the things that we do. And we'd love to have you guys be part of that. It's an amazing class. You get to hear our history. um, You get to hear how you can get connected in. And you get to learn about yourself. And so we encourage you guys to be part of that. it's, on a, it's going to be on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. And if you do, just get a chance, fill that out, and then tear it up like this. Here you go. Isn't that cool? And then stick it on in there, and that will be um, our information. Give it to Sue or put it, in, put it somewhere. I don't care where you put it. Not in the garbage, but somewhere we'll get it. This morning, I have a different kind of message for you as we talk about what it means to, I like to call it, uh, liquid prayer. Do I have that up there? There we go. Liquid prayer. Everybody say liquid prayer. You probably never heard a series or a message on liquid prayer before, but when we talk about liquid prayer, I want to talk about what it means to actually cry and have tears and take you to another level that I believe God wants to do something with our tears. And this is this is like you know, what God wants to save, you know, when we want to take over a, a country, you know, in the world they send, you know, bombs. In the kingdom, God sends a baby. Right? It's like, this is how we're going to take over. We're going to bomb the country. And God's not, no, I'm going to send a baby. And it's the same way in the kingdom of God. We don't understand the power and the authority on our tears. And if you're listening online, I just want to welcome you here today. Those of you on Facebook, welcome you to share it. I want to remind you how important it is in this season that we're hearing God's voice and what he's saying. And I want to just start off really to get you guys in the mood uh, to get you guys really sad and crying. Would you put up the first picture, please? (sighs) Hold yourself together. You know, real men don't cut onions, just going to say. And there are a bunch of lies that we hear about crying and we hear about tears. You know, I have this, I have this theory right now that we all evolved from onions. It's kind of better than what scientists are saying. I think it makes more sense because we cry when we cut them and maybe we feel like they were our ancestors. Okay, all right, forget it. All right, sorry. It's not a good, I believe in, I believe we were created by God, don't worry. Okay, Um, so as we talk today about tears, 
I want to just give you some scriptures that remind us about tears. Um, I did title this message, first of all, Terrified, because I knew most of you are terrified of tears. We think becoming emotional is going to be a bad thing, especially us men. Come on, right? We don't want to show our tears. But I want to show you there's authority and power in the tears that you cry. They actually become, everybody say this, liquid prayer. That's what your tears become. And I want to show you how God uses tears. Now, oftentimes we think tears are, are most of the times tears of sadness. But do you know that there are positive tears that you cry? Um, and I, there was a study done by uh, Psychology Today or some science mag, uh, magazine. There's affectionate tears. And these are unexpected amount of, when an unexpected amount of kindness or exceptional love comes your way. Those are 55% of the tears. Isn't that beautiful? Then there's achievement tears, like when, some, when someone wins, like, the, the, the Olympics or, uh, you know, kickball or something, you know. They're like, boy, what? And they cry, you know, because those are achievement tears. Beauty tears, like when I stepped up on stage this morning, I know some of you were like, oh, so beautiful. Look at him. <laughs> or for those Laughter tears, I don't know. Maybe they were amusement tears. I don't know. Um, but you understand, like, there's amusement. How many laughed so hard that they cried? So, so what's happening when we have tears? We often think we assign tears with sadness, and many of us have shut down our ability to cry because we believe that it's weakness. And God says he wants us vulnerable. God says he wants us to overcome. And I'm going to show you in the Bible how powerful tears are. Men, you here with me today, men? Real men cry, right? Let's all say that together. Real men cry because Jesus was a man and he wept. And so this is something we want to hit on today. And when we talk about tears, there's authority. Don't be terrified. Now, there's, and according to science, there's three different types of tears. This is kind of my intellectual part of my message, so you think I'm smart. Um, number one, there's basal tears which just lubricates your eyes. How many grateful that your eyes are lubricated? And I think it has the whole idea of being able to see. Um, reflexive tears, like when you get something into your eye. You know, we're called the apple of God's eye. You know, when something gets irritated, a piece of dust, your eye begins to water, your eye begins to create tears. Aren't you glad that your, your eye is reflexive like that? Aren't we fearfully and wonderfully made? The eye is amazing. Even Charles Darwin would say, man, I can't explain that one. And then you get two pre-programmed at birth. Isn't that even more amazing? And who would give up their eye for a million dollars? Nobody would because it's amazing, you know. And there's tear ducts that keep the eyes protected, moist, lubricated, because that's how important our eyes are. How many grateful for your eyes this morning? And number three, finally, there's emotional tears. And this is the type of tears I want to hit on today. Because I want all of us to realize these tears are what I believe is going to bring breakthrough in relationship, in our country, in, um, in how we deal with one another. When we're able to actually weep and cry, God will give us authority in those areas. Is, is anybody ready to cry this morning? I know we're used to laughter, right? Oh, let's all laugh at Gateway. But I'm telling you, like, the Lord wants to use these tears today. So, Father, we thank you today for the gift of tears. We thank you for the ability, Lord, that's, uh, that many of us are going to walk out of here today with a new tool in our belt, God, for more breakthrough in the kingdom of God. And we thank you for it, God, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a shout of praise. He's good. You know, as I've been studying uh, tears over the last month, Second um, Timothy 1.4, listen to what Paul says to Timothy. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Tears take us to this deeper emotional level with people that causes them to feel connected with us. And this is something that we do not, we never want to hold back. The world tells us to hold back our tears, but the Bible tells us to let them flow. Let our tears flow. And the first type of tears I want to talk about are the biblical tears, how the Bible is commanding us to cry and to weep and to lament. And we're going, you want me to be emotional? Yes. Come on, give your spouse an, a sharp elbow right there, right? Real Sharpen your elbow up today, all right? What's Paul say? He says there in Acts 23, 31, he says, Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease day or night to admonish everyone with tears. Now think that Paul here, he's traveling, he's a missionary, and he's going from town to town, and he's working with different groups of people and the word admonish means to, to warn or to get them ready for reality. How many know there's many people out there that don't understand reality and what's going on? And it doesn't say, and he acknowledged them with their pointy finger. Stopped at or he screamed at them. But with tears in his eyes, he's admonishing them. What's it say for three years? That's a lot of tears, my friend. And so I want to I encourage you to release the flow of tears. If we want to see people changed in our lives, let the tears flow. Because some people won't change until they see the heart that you're carrying. And if you don't show those tears, they're not going to change. And I want to see people come into that place of reality. And if we can do that just by being free enough to cry, Lord, let it happen. And when we talk about these tears of admonishment, there are situations in your life right now that you've been crying out before, but I believe that with tears, God's going to bring you that breakthrough in that person's life. Amen. Corey, asked, uh, Corey Russell, I always get him mixed up. Corey Russell said this, the gift of tears is the outward sign of the inward revelation of our inability to change things. This is a book called The Gift of Tears. They are the manifestation of poverty of spirit. Tears are liquid prayer. Amen? How many have been to that place where you've done everything you know how to do and nothing changes? And this is the key right here. You get to that place where you say, God, I can't go on anymore. I'm done. I don't know what else to do, God. Let the tears flow because this is how God will begin to answer your prayer. And we'll talk about how your, your prayers become seeds for the harvest that's coming soon. How many know God wants to give us a harvest and we need to water that harvest? Paul says this, he says, For I wrote to you out of much affliction and anguish of heart and with many tears. How many of you have places in the Bible where you've read these? And I know the story of Joseph is, for me, the most drenched pages in my Bible because of Joseph's forgiveness of his brothers and the forgiveness that he shows his, his brothers. It's just 
I've, I've showered those pages with tears every time I read it because it touches me on such a deep level. And Paul said to those that, it's, that there's anguish of heart with many tears, not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love that I have for you. You see, tears are a sign that I love you deeply and I care deeply for you. And we must never hold back those gifts to the people around us. Because when they see those tears, they recognize it's real. And we'll talk a little bit about, you know, some of the hesitations we may have. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to show you a picture of this guy and his haircut. Is, it, might make you, it might make you cry. I don't know. It's Charles Dickens. I, I, it's kind of this, look at that hair. It's like he got like a perm up front or something, you know. I thought, I was like, honey, can we try that this morning? Oh, yeah, you know, but, but Charles Dickens, amazing writer. He says, heaven knows we need ever be, we never need be ashamed of our tears. Okay, I want to say that again. We never need to be ashamed of our tears. He says that for they are rain upon the blinding dust of the earth, overlying our hard hearts. I was better off after I had cried than before. More sorry, more aware of my own ingratitude, and more gentle. I'm telling you, there's, there's such power in tears when we release those to the human soul and to our connection with one another and into our influence into the society. Amen? Holding on to tears and pretending you are okay and well renders a lot of stress on your mind and body. Did you know that? That when you hold stuff in, how many have done that before where you just hold stuff in or, or let's say, you know, like I said before, me and my wife don't fight, but let's pretend that me and my wife had a fight. Like, it's really just, in, we call it intense fellowship. But, okay, I'm lying. But you know what I mean? Like when we come together afterwards and we cry and we say, I'm sorry. And, and then there's such an incredible connection that takes place between two people because there's real remorse and it's seen and it's shown and we've been taught to hold on to those things, that we shouldn't let those tears flow. And what happens is, is then we become disconnected from one another. Our hearts become hard. And we have to, we have to follow what the... Not, we don't follow our culture, what the culture does, what the culture trains us. We follow what the Bible tells us. And the Bible says, cry, cry, cry a lot, you know? And so... They actually say scientists have studied the medical or the, the scientific composition of tears and they actually release toxins. You're, you're getting unhealthy stuff out of your body when you cry. So when we hold on to those things, what's happening is we're becoming toxic people. How many have ever met toxic people before, right? Man, they're so toxic. Well, cry. <laughs> cry some, you know, and that will release the toxins. Now, remember, we're going to memorize Scripture today. So are you guys ready to memorize some Scripture? Because we got a really smart class here today. I wasn't going to make you guys memorize it, but I took a look around. And I thought, man, these are smart people that have come out the gateway today. It's amazing, especially over on this side. I don't know why. I just, you know. <laughs> All right, you ready? All right, we're going to memorize this together. John 11:35. All right. No, okay. Go ahead. Let's say it together. Jesus wept. All right, now you can go tell your people, man, we memorized Scripture at Gateway Church. Holy smoke, we're not, we're not in the slow class. 
Now, Charles Spurgeon said this about the verses. I don't know if you understand how the verses weren't really in the Bible, the numbers, the separations. Uh, some historians claim that there was a guy riding along on his horse in a wagon or in, in a carriage, and every time he hit a bump, he wrote down another uh, scripture number. And so, because sometimes it's, it's not divided very well. But this is a very unique scripture. Two words. This is a very small scripture. And Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, I often felt vexed with the man, whoever he was, who chopped up the New Testament into verses. He seems to have left the hat, let the hatchet drop indiscriminately here and there. But I forgive him a great deal of blundering for his wisdom in letting these two words make a verse by themselves. Jesus wept. This is a diamond of the first water, and it cannot have another gem set with it, for it is unique. Shortest of the verses in words, but where is there a longer one in sense? Add a word to the verse, and it would be out of place. No, let it stand in solitary sublimity and simplicity. You may even put a note of exclamation after it and let it stand in capitals. Jesus wept. There is infinitely more in these two words than any sermonizer or student of the word will ever be able to bring out of them, even though he should apply the microscope of the most attentive consideration. Jesus wept. Instructive fact, simple but amazing, full of consolation, worthy of our earnest heed. Come, Holy Spirit, help us discover for ourselves the wealth of meaning contained in these two words. As we talk about the Lord Jesus himself weeping, we remind ourselves this is how we ought to live. But yes, there has been abuse of tears. How many have heard the term crocodile tears? How many have never heard the term crocodile tears beside me? Okay, I never, I never heard, I've heard it, I didn't know what it meant. So this is going to get a little creepy because crocodile tears are represented of, and the reason they get crocodile tears is because they actually say that a crocodile cries as he's eating his prey. So are there false tears out there in the world that people are using tears to manipulate and control? Crocodile tears or superficial sympathy is a false, insincere display of emotion such as a hypocrite crying fake tears of grief. You know, and we've said this before, but in ancient funerals, when you had a loved one who died, you would actually call up the morning service. Hey, this is Frank, and, you know, my dog died, and uh, Rover needs some grievers. Can you send over maybe like five? Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll do that, sir. We'll, we'll get them right over to you. Thanks, thanks so much. And then five people come over, and they'd stand by the, the dog. And <laughs> Does that sound weird? It's true, though. Remember when Jesus went to raise the dead girl, and they were, like, crying, and all of a sudden Jesus said, she's not dead, and they go, <laughs> They start laughing. I'm like, you're not connected to this dead girl at all. They were hired mourners. 
But there are crocodile tears, and, and we have to discern because some people will cry and they'll think that's God. Well, I cried. It had to have been God. No, it doesn't. Just because you have emotion doesn't mean the Lord. The Lord is emotional, and we should have emotions, but our emotions do not drive what's, right of, what's, what's of the Lord and what's not of the Lord. There are people who cry um, over emotional things that have nothing to do with what's of God and what's not of God. Hebrews 12, 17 talks about Esau. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. So Esau himself was manipulating with his own tears. They, they weren't sincere. He didn't repent. But just because people are using things falsely or incorrectly doesn't mean that the church should throw them out. Well, I don't want to cry because people think, well, I'm manipulating them. That's on them. You need to be obedient. How many want to see breakthrough in relationships, breakthrough in our community? Then we need to weep and mourn and cry and do what the Bible says. It will be abused, so, but we need to be aware of that. When we read in 2 Corinthians uh, 7.11, Paul admonishes the Corinthians because they dealt with an, uh, a person who was not living right. And he, he tells them, he says, For see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you, but also what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what punishment. At every point, you have proved yourself innocent in this matter. And he, he applauds them because it was godly grief that they felt godly grief about the sin that was happening in their leadership, and they dealt with it with zealousness, with indignation, with passion. They just didn't push it under the rug and say, oh, don't deal with it. They dealt with it, but with godly grief. And he goes on to say in, in 2 Corinthians 7.10, actually it's before it, for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. So there is a type of grief that will actually lead you to that place of salvation. But he also says there is worldly grief produces death. There are some people that are grieving out there that are mourning that it's not godly grief, it's worldly grief. And we have to discern. That can be a, just a pity party. Come on. I mean, there is a time to grieve, but we have to let go through the grieving process. And some people stay in this, this place of grief, and it's leading to death. You can tell, like, you need to shake out of this. This is not good. I was in Asia one time, and I remember ministering to the, the Chinese people. I love the Chinese people. The Asian people were wonderful. We were ministering there. And this woman came in, this, this girl, and she had just come in from another city. And, for, and she had been there, I don't know, weeks and weeks and weeks. And she was just weeping. And they said, you need to minister to this girl. I said, okay, I'll see what I can do. And she told me, you know, because she became a Christian, her parents abandoned her and shunned her and kicked her out of the house. And she was just a mess, like grieving and weeping, as many of us would be. And as I was ministering to her, I felt the Lord say to tell her, blessed are those who are persecuted. And I felt terrible to have to tell her that. But I felt like this grief needs to end now, and you need to rejoice that you're being persecuted for righteousness' sake. Because there are some times you're grieving can go across a boundary and bring death to your life instead of life. 
she listened. It was hard. She's like, come on. I was like, cheering around, like, praise God, worship him, celebrate that you're being persecuted. For Christ's sake, it's an honor. But we have to be aware, just because tears are misused doesn't mean that we shouldn't use them. You know, we think of, let's be honest, some of the, the televangelists, the wives, and getting on and crying off 10 layers of makeup. You know, how many have seen that before? You know, and, and oftentimes, I have a lot of grace for people that, that are in, you know, on, on TV and, and, you know, work like that. I mean, there's a lot of pressure, and a lot of times they get on a lot of medication and they cry easier and stuff like that. So I'm like, but be aware, just because it's misused doesn't mean that we don't use it. Hear, hear what I'm saying? You hear my heart on this? So it's, it's important. Tears are an indication that one's emotions have reached their peak level. So when we, when we cry, there's a place that we get to where, like, we're laughing. We laugh so hard that we cry. You understand? We are, we are grieving so hard that we cry, and we need to express. We need to, if we can't go to the depths of sorrow, we'll never reach the depths of joy. And so I want all levels of, of deep grief and emotion for what the Lord wants me to be grieving over, and I want to have the, the high levels of joy where we're, we're laughing and we're releasing those things as well. But we talk about crocodile tears, but let me go on to talk about planted tears. And these are tears that we are sowing into the ground. We're sowing into our harvest. How many know God has a harvest for you? And how many know we need to know how to water those seeds? And uh, when Crystal Elijah was here, that one of the things she mentioned, she said, tears are the one thing in the Bible that what you plant is not what you get. It's not like I'm planting tears. I'm going to get even more tears. I'm like, okay, where's that going to end, right? It actually switches around. It's the one thing in the Bible that what you plant transforms into something totally different. In Psalm 42.3, it says, My tears have been my food day and night. That's what David said. He's, it's been his food day and night. It's been what's been sustaining him is his tears. And I'm going to tell you that tears flow when solutions cease. How many have been in situations where you're like, God, I do not see the solution. And so we head back to the Internet. We make some more phone calls. We work our mind out more instead of just crying. God, we have to discern, especially in our prayer time, when we get to a place of frustration or, we, or it's out of our control that we just let the tears flow instead of trying to figure stuff out in our head, instead of trying to call or ask more people. Sometimes it's like God oh, groaned. And God will begin to move on that part. Many years ago, the Salvation Army sent workers to Los Angeles to bring the gospel to some of the worst parts of the city. And many of you may not know, but the Salvation Army was founded by William and Catherine Booth. Um, the saying, if you want to disturb, if you want to... Dis I, I know this. How's it go? If you want to change the present... you. No, if you want to change the future, you must disturb the present. I quoted that in my book. A great author right here. I can't remember what he's saying. Ugh, help me, Jesus. If you want to change the future, you have to disturb the present. Is that my book was actually written by a quote by William Booth's wife, and they were in charge of the Salvation Army, which when I was raised, I thought it was just 
donations. That's what I thought Salvation Army was. It's actually was an army of people bringing salvation. They used to do parades and bring people to the Lord and evangelize um, in a lot more vocal way. And I know we got a great Salvation Army here in our town that does that. But this was about 100 years ago, and they, and they had gone out, the Salvation Army had gone out to Los Angeles to bring the gospel to some of the worst parts of the city. After laboring for three years, they sent a telegram to the founder, William Booth, letting him know that they had tried every technique and every strategy yet had seen no fruit. Imagine that in Los Angeles. I know, shocking. Booth sent back a telegram with the two-word response, try tears. Psalm 126.5 says, those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. Tears bring a great reward. Come on, is anybody ready to cry right now? <laughs> Come on. Tears bring a great reward. Psalm 126.6 says, He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. The seeds of our tears are planted. We go out sowing the tears, but we come back with sheaves, carrying in the harvest, shouting for joy. That's what we are promised in Scripture of the great reward that will come from tears. That's why the enemy wants, especially us men, to be shut down. Where it's told men don't show their emotions. Men are, are, need to be strong. But I'm telling you, let those tears flow, guys. Let's let them flow. Because these are what God rewards and when we look at what God rewards, I want to close with this last point. We're going to talk about bottled tears. Did you know that the Lord stores up every single one of your tears that you cry? When the, if the Lord is that detailed on capturing your tears and holding on to them, that means they're of great value to the Lord. Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. Jeremiah is the longest book of the Bible, the most words in the Bible. And it's kind of depressing, honestly. You read through it, and Jeremiah is just prophesying the destruction of his nation. And everyone else is prophesying, no, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And he's like, no, it's not. But God's going to do something good for you. But it's ending. It's over. And he's called the weeping prophet. And he says, oh, that my head were waters and my eyes a fountain of tears that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Uh, you know, Isaiah actually had the prophets can be kind of strange. I may have noticed that. All right. I was just reading Isaiah this morning and he had to get naked and walk around and prophesy for three years. That's weird right now. That's just weird. I read that this morning. I'm like, that prophet is weird. But Jeremiah just cried, and he cried, and he cried. But how many know great weepers make great reapers? That when we cry out, and when we weep, and we show our tears, God will send us a great reward. Look at Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It says, in the days of His flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplication with loud cries and tears to Him who was able to save Him from death and he was heard because of his reverence. 
the Lord Jesus Christ himself lifted up with cries and with tears. And the Bible says the Father heard him. You and I must go before God with tears, with loud cries. God will hear us. We need to go before him and say, Lord, this is my heart. This is my need. And let the tears begin to flow. Psalm 56, 8 says, You have kept count of my wanderings, my tossing and turnings in the bed. That's what the Hebrew would mean. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Now, we often think of times when we think about a bottle, is this glass little bottle is how the translation comes out. But it's actually, and you can show the picture of that, it's actually, we say, God, put my tears in that wineskin. You know, they used to cut the, cut the animal open, take its stomach out, and that's how they would drink their wine or their, make their cheese or their milk. I mean, it's kind of gross, but that's an animal's stomach there. But it worked really well. And when we look at this, it's not some bottle that God has, but it's actually, uh, a, a, when it talks about, he stores up the bottles in that skin stomach, and he carries those. And how many know, that's pretty big. Like, there should be, we need to fill that thing up with our tears. And this is something that you, know, you don't put on a shelf. You actually, you would carry it around you. And I believe that as we, as we pray and as we, we weep before the Lord, that it's actually something the Lord carries with Him. And the Lord is ready to move. How many know the Lord is ready to move on your behalf? He, he loves to answer prayer. He loves to move on our behalf when we cry out to Him. But there is a protocol that you and I must follow. He, we can't come to Him with hard hearts. And when we come to Him with hard hearts, there's a resistance. There's a stubbornness. But God loves what's broken. And when we come before God broken, not like... God, I've got the plan. I've got to figure it out what I'm going to do. I know this is going to work. I've seen it happen 50 times before. I've read the, the highest book in leadership, the most qualified people. They've trained me. God doesn't care about that stuff. He wants to see a broken man, a broken woman of God that says, God, you don't move. It's not happening. It's not about me. It's about you. Lord, move on my behalf. Move on the behalf of our nation. Move upon the behalf of, of our region, God. We can't do this without you. That's the type of prayer that the Lord loves. That's why I love when we talk about a horse that it's broken. That doesn't mean the horse is like lame. It means that the horse can be ridden by the rider. And the Lord wants, we should be carrying the Lord. Amen? And He wants us to carry Him, but He can't ride what's not broken. Am I making any sense this morning? We have to be broken. And then God will ride in, celebrate. You know, and it's, it's about Him. Then He receives the glory. You remember the donkey that Jesus rode into Jerusalem? I bet the donkey was thinking, man, I'm pretty popular today. Wow. Yeehaw. Wow. It's amazing. Well, you know what I mean? Like, that's not what's happening. It's the one who's riding the donkey. Hello. And this is what has to happen. In our lives. Let me close with this verse. I'll, I'm going to give you a quote from uh, Corey Russell. He says, I'm convinced that the only thing that will cut through the dullness, indifference, and callousness of this generation is a messenger who weeps as he or she speaks. We need weeping messengers. 
you know, there is, there's a lot of disagreement that we have within our, our culture today, even with our own children. Come on, right? There's difficulties that we're facing in our own families. And this is a tool that God wants you to use. Of course, it's not manipulation. You know I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is when your kids or your family see the genuineness of your tears, that may be something that changes their heart towards you. And we don't have to hold them back. It's not, and it's not manipulation. It's not weakness. It's being strong as an individual, but let those tears fall. And it's not to manipulate. It's to show them this is the depth of feeling that I have for you. And I believe that there are so many relational issues that God will heal even this week as you apply tears in a godly grief, in a godly way to the people around you and watch and see what will happen. I'm believing God to do something great. Let's stand together. Let's give God a shout of praise. He is good. We, um, as I want to just read Revelations 21, 4. And it's beautiful. The Bible ends with what God's going to do with our tears. It says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. That God himself is going to take the time to wipe those away because you don't have to cry anymore because he tells us here that death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. But until then... Until then, we're going to weep. Until then, we're going to cry. We're going to sow some tears into those, uh, the relationships and the things that, that we need to plant right now, that we need to water right now with our tears so that we can see these things break through. And I want to pray specifically, uh, those of you who have shut down your emotions because they were deemed as weakness, I want to pray for you this morning and just I just invite everyone just to hold their hands out and I just want to pray. Father, this morning, we break off every lie about tears, about crying that have been spoken over us. Lord, we repent for believing those lies. We know, God, that you are the most emotional being. And Jesus, you cried on planet Earth. And so, Lord, this morning, we release any damn, any curse, anything that we believed, any lie, that has kept us from, from, from tears and from crying. Set us free today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the gift of tears. Forgive me for my hard heart. Heal me today in the name of Jesus. I believe this morning that God is going to give you wisdom in these tears. Father, I thank you today for the relationships that you're going to begin to put a burden on some of your people here this morning. And that burden is going to come with the gift of tears that they've never had before, Lord. And they are going to see that breakthrough because you will reward them. So I thank you this morning for the gift of tears, these situations that you want to minister to us and through us and through others for. We receive it today in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen and amen. Those of you, you want to share? 
When, last time Chris Elijah was here, she uh, helped us get to heaven, and I got to participate in that. And when Chris was saying, they that sow in tears shall reap a harvest, the Lord took me up to heaven, and my, my dad was a drug addict, and there was lots of tears in our family, if you've ever been around a drug addict. There's a lot of regret. There's a lot of loss. There's a lot of just pain. There was a lot of tears. And I got to go to heaven, and I got to see my dad up there. And I'll tell you, when you go to heaven, there's not one ounce of regret. Every tear, every mistake we've made, everything that's been broken, it's, it's not in heaven. So when we say we sow in tears on this earth, but when we get to heaven, there's just going to be rejoicing. I got to see my dad, and he just was so excited, and he just wanted to show me the books of life and all the things that I've done and all the things I was going to do, and he's just elated, and he would take me and pick me up and spin me around and spin me around, and, you know, there was just so much brokenness in my life when I had him as the dad, and it was like, it was gone. It was instant. So I just want to encourage everybody. We on this earth might sow a lot of tears, but in heaven, we will reap. We will reap a harvest. So that's for each of you. Those of you who uh, would like prayer today, just invite some of our elders and any of our second year KCSM students who would like to pray. We invite you guys to come up too as well. Uh, but we want to pray for you and bless you if you need prayer. Otherwise, guys, have a great week. We love you. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Gateway Church's Sermon of the Week. Make sure to follow us on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And for more information, videos, sermons, or events, check out our website at igateway.org. Thank you and have a blessed week.